what were you trying to get across? What did you want to get across to the NKBA attendee as they were, you know, sitting there watching you? This was definitely something very much out of my comfort zone. I'm a data-driven marketer, but in this session, I had to go into the psychographics of how they think, what their habits, their attitudes, their beliefs and aspirations and all of that. And that was it was very much a challenge for me and a great opportunity to, to help me moving forward. And I wanted to convey it in a way that made sense, that was relatable, and then also something that they would remember. Welcome back to the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Karen Brandon is a senior marketing manager here at Nationwide Marketing Group, started back in October of 2020 um, and has led the charge uh, since then in a couple of our categories, consumer electronics, connected services, and uh, what we're here to talk about today, and that's luxury appliances. Uh, Karen recently uh, was asked and and presented and and appeared at the NKBA Luxury Defined Summit, which uh, you think back a couple episodes on this podcast, we spoke to Pam McNally of NKBA uh, about that summit and and, what it was going to entail and of course, Brand, uh, Karen was there to talk about you know the the mindset and the evolution of the luxury consumer and the luxury consumer shopping experience and journey and um, presented on all that in a really awesome session that uh, you know we'll have links to. You can check if you're viewing this on YouTube. You can look in the description below or if you're on our site uh, in the description of of the episode and uh, underneath here and give it a watch and see for yourself what she presented on, but. I mean, Karen's session was a real good overview of, you know, what it means to be and to to market to and, um, you know, interact with the luxury customer today and into the future. Uh, and that's kind of where we focused our, our conversation on on the Independent Thinking Podcast today was, you know, that that uh, next generation, the up and coming uh, luxury shopper and, and where luxury is heading and how to market and some of the tactics and uh, just a lot of great stuff, and obviously, you know, luxury was the the driver of of the content here. But you know, as we talk about and, and get into in the episode, there's a lot to be learned throughout the rest of the retail space, whether it's luxury or uh, regular appliances, furniture, bedding, CE. You know, there's a, a lot to learn about. You know, the the shift in nature of the consumer today, the retail consumer, and um, how they can be marketed to, and some successful tactics, and uh, lots of great stuff. You know, it, it was a great conversation that. Um, you know, it's very enlightening from ha- having Karen on to, to talk about it from her marketing background and uh, her expertise to share with us and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about this this evolution in retail. So uh, great conversation. Uh, awesome, uh, you know, to recap their experience at NKBA and excited to share it with you. So let's dive into this independent thinking podcast with Karen Brandon, our senior marketing manager here at Nationwide Marketing Group. We are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and uh, excited today to to talk about, you know, an area that uh, has been, you know, it's relatively new for Nationwide Marketing Group, and that's the luxury appliances space. And today we got to talk about it with Karen Brandon, our senior marketing manager for a whole bunch of things, luxury appliance, uh, consumer electronics, and connected services. Did I get them all? Karen? I think so. I think yeah. so. As of today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as of today. All right. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat about one of those things. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked, I mentioned it's a new initiative, but we've been talking a lot about luxury appliances on the independent thinking podcast. We had 
what John O'Halloran on, obviously the, the senior merchant who's heading up the luxury initiative. And, uh, and then we had an NKBA on a couple of times and lo and behold, those conversations led to some pretty cool stuff that we're, we're going to get into. But before we dive into all that, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your role and uh, nationwide and, and your background. Yeah, sure. So, um, I am a retail business manager turned data-driven marketer. So I've, I started my career in retail, um, was there for 12 years while I was going through school and then transitioned into marketing, specifically digital marketing, um, and been able to use the, the retail you know, routes uh, to help improve the user experience with data and digital marketing. Uh, came from FedEx where I did testing and personalization for FedEx.com and was kind of struck by Nationwide because of the fact that pairing the retail with data-driven marketing is what, you know, what Nationwide is with the independent retailer. So I saw an opportunity and came on board about uh, the end of October 2020, and it's been a great ride ever since. So less than a, a newbie in, you know, in many ways. So what's, what's, what have these first few months been like for you? Oh, they've been great. I've been able to do some great things and um, really embraced, you know, my out-of-box thinking, so to speak. I, I'm never satisfied with the status quo. I always think of uh, out-of-the-box opportunities and creative ways to do things, and they've been well-received, and some are, some are a little bit longer, going to take a little bit longer than others, but it's been really fun, and um, the team is great. That's awesome, and, and you know, I know it's only been a, a few months. Well, I guess technically, we're, we're you're closer to a year than you are the the start of uh, you know your time here. So, what um what sort of stuff have you been doing as a, a senior marketing manager? What, what does the role entail? Oh, it entails the strategy and execution of the verticals that I'm over. So we've done some really cool things with impressions, the view impressions to the point of sale and electronics. I did some paid search capabilities with connected services and AT and T that have been going very well. And then uh, with luxury appliances, of course, this NKBA summit, and then also testing out some social me media video capabilities um, in our marketing to try to drive that that luxury feel and in 20 seconds or less video um, to the site. So very excited about that stuff and just a lot of in a very short amount of time. No, that's awesome. And I mean, kind of boiling it down, it, it everything you do kind of gives you that, that insight into, you know, what a retailer or brand, you know, how they talk and interact and engage with uh, and get consumers to engage with them. Um, so a lot of great insights coming out of kind of, you know, what you do and what the, the role is. And uh, you mentioned it, but the, talk about this NKBA, the, the luxury defined summit, um, you know, experience that uh, I mentioned the podcast. We just happened to have some conversations and I don't know, I didn't mean to throw work on your plate, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of what ended up happening. But uh, you know, what was that experience like for you to, to be able to attend and, and uh, get to, you know, experience that show? Yeah, well, it was, it was an honor to be able to attend and present at the show. I was extremely excited about it. I believe Pam um, from NKBA yep. was on the podcast and she was a great partner with me throughout the whole um, process from the from the virtual green room all the way through the presentation. It was really neat uh, to be able to attend it and then also present. But what really struck me was the versatility, I guess you would say, of the summit because it gave aspects of you know everything from designers to marketers to data scientists, researchers. It gave like the boots on the ground field point of view as well as behind the scenes, and I thought that was really neat in those two days to be able to have that whole encompassing feature of the summit. 
No, I, was there anything in particular? You mentioned kind of all those different aspects, but, but was there one thing or one session that you got to attend that, that kind of struck you or or that stood out? It wasn't one session, but in general, I believe like the epiphany that I had is this uh, this luxury kitchen, so to speak. This is an art in and of itself. It is a true art, and I did not realize all of the architecture and in drawings and concepts and everything back and forth and you know materials I had no clue it was such an art it was it's like building the Taj Mahal basically in a kitchen (laughs) so uh, I think in that just encompassing of all the sessions that I attended that this is a true art um and I did not realize that before and and that's kind of I think our you know, we get, we're so caught up in, uh, on the nationwide side, the products, obviously, because that's, you know, and working with the retailers to get these products in their stores that, you know, what was that like to be able to kind of step back or, you know, what's the best way to explain just how different that world, that luxury world is to, you know, the broader nationwide group and kind of what they're used to dealing with on the consumer interaction level. Yeah. So this is, this is definitely a niche market. This is the top 1% of consumers. So the way that you attract them, engage with them, inspire them is very different than, you know, traditional dress purchases or, you know, everyday um, consumers. So you really, really have to understand them, uh, understand their thoughts, their feelings, their processes, where to reach them, how often to reach them, uh, and to retain them, most importantly, to, to capture their loyalty and keep it because this is, this top 1% represents over two thirds of uh, expenditure. So you really, you really want to be able to, to reach them and want to keep them because this very small portion of your audience is represent, representing a lot of your income and profit. So it's, it's different. It's a different strategy. It's a different bill. And it's important to understand, you know, how they think um, to better be able to market them. And I'm, I'm very thankful for the, NMG members that I was able to speak to who gave me some moments of their time because I, I would not been able to make a presentation without getting, you know, the data insights that I already know, um, as well as that qualitative research with NMG members that gave me some time no, that's to really all, that, understand this consumer. That, that's such a good point uh, because, uh, you know, I think in my own conversations with Pam and kind of understanding, you know, on the design and um, architecture side, how they talk about working with these luxury clients. It is so different because I think typically retail interaction, you're like, all right, well, I got to sell this refrigerator to this customer and um, you know, talk about their needs a little bit. Whereas, you know, with the luxury client, it's it's very much more about what they're feeling and kind of their inspirations and, and so much more than just, you know, a product that you're trying to purchase. <laughs> like it, It's just very different. And um, the way you're talking, obviously, you know, I feel like we've already started to, but I, I want to dive deeper into your session. Um, and you talked a little bit about kind of the work that went into it as you were building, talking with members and things. But you know, from from the overall, you know, point of of your session, what were you trying to get across? What did you want to get across to the NKBA, you know, summit attendee as they were, you know, sitting there watching you? Yeah. So this was definitely something very much out of my comfort zone. And as I said before, I'm a data-driven marketer. So if I can show you a, a journey with analytics and this person did this, this person did that and have numbers and everything to go behind it, that's great. But in this session, I had to go into the psychographics of how they think, what their habits, their attitudes, 
their beliefs and aspirations and all of that. And that was, that was very much a challenge for me and a great opportunity to, to help me moving forward. And I wanted to convey it in a way that made sense, that was relatable, and then also something that they would remember. Uh, because I know facts and figures are easy to remember, but thinking, you know, how somebody thinks about their kitchen and personalization, that's something you could forget. So that's why I developed the acronym for values um, with a specific, you know, definition for each letter in the word value. So maybe, you know, after the session, you know, they may not remember some part of, this, of the session, but if they recall that acronym values, that might be able to help them in the future to reach their clients. No, that, that's a, a great point. And I, I think we see so many sessions where it's like people, I, I think about back to when we used to attend trade shows. Uh, I know we're coming back up to that time, but yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, you'll see people taking pictures of slides, trying to capture everything. But you know, if it, it, it's usually those, those words, those acronyms that, that get made up that kind of, those are the things that stick. You if you want it to be one thing, you got to make it, you know, doing exactly what you did in the way it was presented and pitched, I thought was awesome. And uh, we have the link now. So I think, you know, we could share that, you know, below the, in the description of this podcast, if you're watching the video version, we'll have it below. Um, awesome. and learn what values is all about. But and I know we're going to dive a little deeper into a, a little bit of, you know, the, the last two letters there of values. But before we do that, um, you know, as you were, researching for this and learning more about that customer experience and, and the luxury journey. Um, did you see a lot of evolution because of the pandemic you know, related to how luxury shoppers uh, or luxury consumers, you know, work with client work with their, um, you know, their retail partners or, or designers? Yes, absolutely. So the pandemic, it really has changed the shape of the luxury consumer from, from their internal attitudes and beliefs to, how they approach, you know, the design in general. Um, with the pandemic, of course, you know, going and being flashy with your designer labels and logos and all that stuff, that's not, that's not appropriate. And the luxury customer realizes that. So they're really cognizant of, of what they're doing and how they're spending their money. So they're really trying to make sure that, you know, if they're not, they keep, they're still allocating those funds, they're still spending the money, but since it's not on experiential spending, bringing that back at home and bringing that home in a way that is not show off, so to speak. So really going deep into the personalization of your kitchen, the design, you know, the use of space. I've noticed, you know, a lot of these luxury consumers, you know, they're they're forced to look at the kitchen more in the past year than they have their entire lives and their whole house for that matter. So making sure every single space is utilized in storage and then having, you know, instead of, you know, flashy logos or red knobs or they're incorporating personalization from their past trips to, you know, somewhere special that they went, like a Pompeii piece in the in their backsplash or things of that nature to really to show, you know, luxury, but not in a way that is that is flashy or inappropriate during a pandemic. The other thing you mentioned during the session that struck me was, you know, they're existing and, and living during this pandemic. Obviously, one of the things we weren't able to do was go to restaurants and experience that that out you know, going out dining, you know, what, what it was like to go out to a restaurant and, and dine. Um, so to bring that home and, and put that into a kitchen and, you know, basically make it a kitchen that a Michelin chef could walk into and, and know exactly what was going on uh, just kind of speaks to how, you know, I, we hear so much about it on the home entertainment side from upgrading TVs and the audio experience, but also in the kitchen too. Like it's cool to see how that translates over into other areas of the home, obviously home office, another one. Uh, but making it something where, all right, well, we can't go out and experience this. So let's bring it into the home. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the whole, you know, Michelin star chef restaurant. I mean, the wood burning pizza ovens, coffee bar built-ins, all of that coming together. I mean, you could be able to walk into this kitchen and it's like, you've gone to Starbucks, your, your five-star restaurant and some place for lunch all at the same time. And they, you know, they really value that. It really makes it, you know, with home values through the roof right now, it really makes it a great experience. And it's something that we're going to see moving forward. And they're even taking that outdoor. So that kitchen is going outside to the outdoor life too in the patio. So it's an extension all the way over. The the little aspect, like the the bringing Starbucks into the home, it kind of has this connotation of, all right, we're getting into these like hipster luxury kitchens, which maybe is, you know, a, a nice segue into talking about those last two letters of, of values, which talk about the evolution uh, and, and sustainable and smart aspects, which are, I think, you know, when I, when I think about those, I think it's very future focused and kind of where the luxury kitchen's heading. Um, and, you know, aside from your values acronym, there's another one that I know you didn't make a, you, you didn't take credit for it because it already exists, but Henry, uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about Henry's and, and what they mean and, and the importance to them, uh, importance of them to the, the luxury market. Yes. Yes. The Henry's. So, um, <laughs> of course, another acronym that you could definitely remember uh, the Henry's are the high earners, not rich yet. This segment is mostly your uh, millennials or Gen Y and Gen Z. So they are coming up. They are the mobile first mindset, you know, whereas, you know, the end of the millennials, you know, because I, I am one of them. We got the smartphone, you know, when we were getting out of college, the Internet came about when we were in high school. Whereas the Gen Z, this is how they grew up with this mobile first mindset. So you have to be able to reach them on their mobile devices first. Um, they have very, very, very high taste and expensive lifestyles, but they little savings, um, little savings. And they work very hard to keep up this luxury appearance, but they also want to seem as if they are not luxury as well. So being able to appeal to the socioeconomic status and be socially responsible is also important to them. So they're really, really digging deeper into the digital landscape, for starting on their phones for their values and brands and things of that nature. And they're really, you know, they look, the first thing that they do when they wake up is look, check their social media versus the luxury customer of the past, read the paper or watch Good Morning America or things of that nature. So they really are much more in tune with their purchases and the brands that they choose. And then also they are the market that the, you know, Bain and company says by 2025 are going to represent over two thirds of luxury expenditures in the world. So, wow. yeah. I, so I mean, being where they are today is very important. It, it, it to, yeah, exactly that point. You know, it shows that, um, you know, they have this, I say the connotation of these hipster kitchens and up and coming, but they, they are going to be the, the consumer of the future and um, where a lot of, efforts need to, you, you know, you need to start thinking about it now uh, if you want to be able to capture them and, and keep them as, as um, you know, loyal customers into the future. So what is it, you know, obviously I, I think we're getting into a point where we're talking about the importance of digital and kind of what that brings to the table and how a, uh, a whether it's a luxury retailer or even on the design and architecture side, you know, they've got to be thinking differently about how they market to, to these customers, to these Henry's. Um, so what is it, you know, what are some of the things that are, are working or, or that they need to think about and how they attempt to attract them to kind of what they're doing? Yeah. So basically, you know, what they've been doing on site, what they've been doing live 
um, should be able to be exhibited in digital. So augmented reality comes to mind, you know, being able to see their kitchen from the phone, see a design, uh, live cooking experiences. I know that the Henry's are very, they value um, being able to see a live pizza demonstration or, you know, recipes on Pinterest, things of that nature. Social media is very, very important. And I think we all know the importance of the influencer status. We can see sales for our products go from negative 25% to 2,500% above um, margin just by an influencer, somebody they look up to or relate with using that product. So making sure that you're there when they're there and being able to bring any experience that you do live or any experience that you do in real life, being able to exhibit that digitally is very, very important. Starting with social media and then evolving into, you know, live demonstrations and being able to show what you're doing outside of your job as well and protecting the environment with sustainability. I, sounds, I know for a lot of retailers and, and just thinking about the, you know, I, I know luxury isn't necessarily for the, uh, the regular nationwide marketing group member or retailer, but I think the, the message is still one that would resonate because whether it's on the luxury side or just, you know, the, the, nature of shopping in general, millennials and, and Gen Z, they're the up and coming, the, the important category that have to be marketed to. Um, so what you know, social media has this kind of daunting, I think, you know, sense to a lot of retailers that um, aren't in it or, or don't spend a lot of time in it. So what, you know, if you could, I know it's going to sound like a challenge, but if you could simplify what it, what it takes to get, to get into social media as a retailer or the types of things that, um, you know, they could do to just baby steps to get into this space. What What are some of the things that you would suggest or uh, resources, you know, where a retailer could go to, to kind of figure their way out, you know, in this social media landscape? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I want to mention, it's important to note that when the pandemic came and the digital first mindset uh, evolved, so current, you know, customers, whether they're buying a a mass appliance or a luxury appliance, they're going online first. And I believe the pandemic has shifted 2020 to a 2030 mindset. So it's it's relevant to to everybody, um, no matter what you know realm they're in and the whole appliance or in retail in general. So it's important to note that. But in any of these spaces, through your luxury or or electronics or anything else, it's important to be in social media and anybody can do that. It's not rocket science. It's pretty easy to set up a business account, setting up a business account for whatever your business is, and then being able to post relative high quality imagery or content. Most of it's probably already on your phone or on your computer that you already have. And being able to post that regularly is key. Also, you know, you have customers that say great things about you. They might write you a thank you note. They might be doing it on an online review, but sharing those reviews and those great things that are being said about you across the social media platforms as well is key. On the flip side, you know, sometimes, you know, if there, you have a bad experience, you tell 10 more people about it. It's what they say. Um, responding to that in the social media realm, that takes your approval rating and it turns a, a one-star review into a five by responding, say, I understand your concerns. What could I do to help? And, and people read those trails of those feeds, if you, especially if you have them on social media and say like, hey, I might, I might choose those guys next time. So having that high quality imagery, expanding your reviews, making sure that you have hashtags and, and clients that, you know, hey, if you had a great experience with us, um, 
hashtag Karen's Appliances and, and we'll give you a $50 off coupon for later. And that, that'll help share your content because having great content and then the ability and having those, those users, those people bring it um, is key. And by the way, all of this is free. Um, doesn't, yeah. doesn't cost anything. They just need to make sure that they have somebody dedicated to do it and do it consistently. And that's kind of the key. Uh, you know, I think a lot of retailers, um, whether they're independents or, uh, you know, members of nationwide marketing group or I, or not, you know, they, the idea of having someone that's dedicated to it, it can't be sort of that afterthought. Um, you know, you, you hear so many times it's, it's an owner trying to post to social, your, your hats, you have so many different hats that you're wearing anyway trying to add social media into it because, you know, you have a personal Facebook account that you think you can run another Facebook account. Not that simple. <laughs> so, so it's gotta be something where there's, there's time, someone has the time to dedicate towards it because it's, it's always on, you know, it's kind of like that your website, you know, I'm sure a lot of over time we've seen retailers learn that, all right, well, a website's a lot to manage. So we, we certainly need to have someone that can manage it. Social media is the same way, right? It's always on. Got to have someone always monitoring it. People are always interacting or have the potential to interact with you. So to to kind of leave it alone without anyone watching it, you know, you don't know what can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that in the ones that are excelling in this are realizing that, hey, my son or my daughter or my cousin or my little niece or nephew is on social media all the time as a side job, as their summer job, you know, to, to make a little bit of extra money, let's let them do it. If you trust them, of course, and, and review it, <laughs> but uh, your best, your best social media posters and sharing of content are a lot of times within your own four walls or in your own home. So it's important to note as well. Uh, great, great, job. great uh, idea to look around. You got, you want to keep them busy anyway. So why yes, not? absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> no idle time on their hands. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I want to circle back to the S. Um, you know, we, we talked about evolution and you talked a little bit about the, the sustainability and smart aspect of, of this. And, um, you know, talk about that last letter of values and kind of, you know, the importance. I know Henry's, they, they also say it segues into this a lot, too, the way they think about product and, and um, you know, stuff like that. So talk just dive a little bit deeper into that sustainability and smart aspect of, you know, what your session presented. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, today's consumers thinking, you know, sustainability about, you know, I want it to last. I want it to be a great product. And then the smart capability. Yes, they're using their phones, not for everything, um, but they just want to be able to control a couple of functions on their appliances or TVs or whatever from their phone versus our up and coming market. You know, like I said, before, has this mobile first mindset. So they want to control everything from their phone. And they're also seeing a lot of things on their phone. So, you know, everything that you're seeing from the, the record heat waves, you know, in, in parts of the country and the world that, you know, don't get above 75 in the summertime or, or skyrocketing temperatures or hurricane seasons, um, they're really concerned with our environment and the impact that our carbon footprint has on the environment. So they're very, um, I use this in my presentation, woke is what it's called, <laughs> uh, to, these, to these issues. And they're very concerned about it. They truly are. You know, they're even you know, some even go to the point of zero waste. They're trying to make sure that everything that they use is not wasteful with buying recycled plastic shoes and the organic foods and maybe even having a little garden of their own um, out on their patio or in their small backyard. Um, so they're very, very conscious of this and they want their products to, to have a sustainable sense to them and a story behind them. So, you know, with brands today, if you are not showing your sustainability, you know, in your product and what you're doing outside of the brand itself, 
you might not be, you know, considered luxury in the future because they're looking at that. They want to, they want to tell the story behind, you know, their new appliance or new range or whatever, what they're doing in the environment, how this is saving Energy Star, you know, you know, in the environment, it's not taking down the whole grid of the neighborhood at the same time. So it's very, very important to them. And then on the flip side, if, you know, what you're doing is not matching your efforts in sustainability, I think we know that the impact of social media and, you know, with just the internet in general, how somebody can go from the top to the bottom in a matter of minutes um, with the sharing and the, and the exposure through this, you know, technology in the space. So it's very important to practice what you preach, so to speak, in sustainability. And it's, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away at all. So it's something to very much think about. Right. A lot I of, a lot of features are already there. Yeah. And, and to the sustainability point, I, I think, you know, I, I think to some older, we've seen presentations, uh, you know, as far as uh, the Gen, Gen Y, Millennial, Gen Z, and where they want to work and brands they engage with. And those sort of the social issues, the the environmental issues always sort of, um, you know, seem to come up in those types of uh, surveys about the, the way they think and the way they shop and the way they, uh, you know, choose where to work even uh, at, at times. So, not surprising to kind of see it play out too, uh, you know, on the luxury side of things. And on the smart side, it, it's kind of funny, you know, I, when I see the, the way that, you know, they want more control over their products and things like that. When I think about technology, I always think about kind of those quick overturns of, you know, people are getting phones every year, or, you know, upgrading their phones to, to uh, get the latest features year after year. However, if you think about, you know, and this kind of ties into the sustainability side with, luxury appliances that the the um the upgrade cycle for the luxury customer i know is a lot longer or it's expected to be a lot longer um yeah i I think what is it 20 years is is what they want and that's at a minimum i think is what you had presented you know i I, yeah and and i know that you know typical upgrade cycles for appliances seven to ten is what is talked about but kind of funny to see how you know they want more smart things but they also want the life cycle to be longer. It's just kind of interesting to think about how, you know, if new features come down the line and and in two years after they buy a luxury appliance, what does that look like? Are they going to want a new upgrade their their range to to the latest, uh, you know, Apple version of, of whatever comes out down the line of a <laughs> of a luxury appliance? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, those appliances need to have those smart features that yeah. have software upgrades. So speak so they can right. constantly stay in line. <laughs> the times yeah absolutely no but uh that, that's a lot of great stuff and you know i as i mentioned we'll have, we'll have the session below so if people want to watch it a lot to learn um you know just about how this market has changed and i think you know too it is a very different market as we talked about at the top but i think it's one that you know a lot of the lessons can be um shared throughout the rest of the the retail space and, and the way retailers are marketing themselves and, and the brands that they carry to customers uh you know as um, you know, as we move on here, so a lot to gather from what you were able to present and, you know, need to see that, that, you know, you got something out of it too, you know, not just the, the fact that you were able to share some stuff, but also that, you know, it was an opportunity for you to kind of dive into a new area of this market. Absolutely. Absolutely. I learned a ton and, you know, I feel like I'm better prepared as a marketer to, <laughs> to reach this audience now. And I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more woke as you hear it that's all. I'm, well, I'm happy that, that, that you're able to be woken, uh, <laughs> as it were. So Karen, I, I, I appreciate it. This was awesome. Um, and hopefully, you know, I, if there's more 
presentations down the line or appearances, we'd love to have you back on and learn a bit more about what you're learning along the way. So, uh, but uh, I know we're both busy. We got prime time right around the corner. Your first in person, in prime time. First one, first, first in person prime time. I, yeah, I'm are excited. Like, I'm so excited. What are you expecting? What, what are the What are the expectations for for Nashville for you as, as your first in person prime time? Well, I think, you know, first off, I have worked with a bunch of people over the past few months, all you know, from Florida all the way to Seattle. I'm just excited to see these people in person, you know, because <laughs> we've only seen each other from, you know, the neck up. I'm going to, I want to actually shake their hand or give them a hug around the neck if needed. You know, I, that's what I'm excited to see, um, to see all these people. And I'm, I'm excited to experience, you know, everything coming to life, you know, all of the brands, vendors. Um, I want to talk to more retailers. I went to one yeah. regional meeting in St. Louis and just that one day I was able to gain a, so much information and learn more about, you know, their life, the supply chain, everything. And I, I want to do more of that. And then, you know, I am a little, I'm a little big town fan. So yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> excited about that too. I, I think we all are a little bit now just to, to get back and, and celebrate it the right way. So a lot to look forward to, a lot of work to happen, you know, that needs to be done up until then. So I, I, I'll cut this here and, uh, you know, make sure we can, we both have time to get what we needed so we can have a, a successful event there out in Nashville. So I appreciate it and, uh, look forward to seeing you and Hey, meeting you in person. Yes, you too. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks again to Karen for spending time with us and sharing some awesome insights and uh, at least defining, helping us to find the last two letters there of values that uh, she used as her acronym and, and crux for her presentation during the NKBA Luxury Defined Summit. So as I mentioned at the top, you can check out her full presentation uh, at the links under the episode here and uh, give it a watch. And um, of course, you know, appreciate her coming on to talk about it and, and share a little bit of insight and in what she learned while at the summit and during her presentation and in the run-up to it. And, uh, of course, as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we will catch you next time.